0: i to make
1: him an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed
2: He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fanick.
3: Go ahead, make my day.
2: He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids. Uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. you talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream stream the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen high sense TV.
0: Say hello to my little friend.
2: The best movies you've never seen. The
1: first rule of bike
3: club is you do not talk about bike club.
2: With Steven Fennick. And Trevor Long. This is the captain.
3: Brace for impact.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the best movies you've never seen. This is the podcast where myself, Stephen we pick. I pick a movie and I show it to my good mate Trevor Long who hasn't seen the movie, hasn't seen many movies. This movie, this podcast is all about Trevor, the best movies he's <laughs> never seen. Uh, and that includes this week's movie, 12 Angry Men. Trevor, welcome. Great to be with you. And I would hazard a guess that a lot of our listeners wouldn't have seen this. Are you with me? or can I, I Can so, you concede yeah. that for me? I concede This. That. Yep. This, this is th- not on your Independence Day no, level. No, not at all. But this has been out since 1957. Right, so you were older. Like six, movie. seven years old then. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't born yet, you idiot. <laughs> but this is, I think, one of those classic movies that comes up that I think once people see it, they go, wow. It's it's really impressive, uh, great cast of of actors, all men, but it is, uh, you know, it's 1950s we're talking about here. But this was released in 1957, starring Henry Fonda, directed by Sidney Lumet. Now, this was, Sidney Lumet at the time was a, a TV director, and this was his feature directorial debut. So Henry Fonda was actually one of the producers. He's the star of the show, and he thought... This is this is should be uh, put made as a movie. Now the screenwriter Reginald Rose wrote the script after being on a jury. Right. So his experience on a jury as a member of a case, a uh, case of manslaughter. So that's what inspired him to create this this movie. Now it was originally a 1954 telly play. He wrote it for TV. So what what they did he he wrote it and. It was initially a CBS live production. It was aired on September 20, 1954, but then he rewrote it for to make it into a film at the at the at the encouragement of Henry Fonda. So he recognised oh. that this yeah you know, this needs to be a more so of a really feature film. So it was film. CBS live. Does that mean they it, did it live? They did it live. The TV back then was live. You didn't. That's there was remarkable. No, it was a live performance. Just thinking about it yeah. as a
4: as an actor, well, remembering your lines and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've, I've
1: seen this on stage too. It's a really good play as okay. well. Like you think about the staging of it; yeah. it's in one room. It's not hard to make it as Cheap a play. set. Yep. Yeah, so <laughs> it's uh, it's conducive to that. Uh, story takes place. We find out in New York City because I think one of them mentions the Woolworth Building during the right. movie. Do you remember that? And uh, one of the w- it's one of the opening shots too is of, of I think the New York Supreme Court. But building. the good thing yeah. is
4: it's it's almost it's almost timeless and it's almost cityless. It's just yeah, a story. It doesn't, doesn't matter where it's a story it takes place. that resonates in any courthouse. Right. Yeah.
1: So and you you had not heard of this or had, Mate, had not I seen had this? Had
4: never heard of it. Never heard of the concept other than when you said to me, I think you told me once, and not yeah. a massive spoiler, but you told me once it's shot in a single room and I thought yeah. that's very strange. Um, <laughs> and yes, yeah, so I had nothing to the point where when I went to watch this, I had to, you know, send you a photo of my T V looking it up on Fetch to go, is this this yes, is what I'm watching. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Like I needed to know that Not this interested. was it. Um, yeah. yeah, man, I had nothing, okay. zero.
1: Well, I think that's good in a way because you got no, you got zero expectations. You, you don't know what you're going to see, which is good, I think, for a lot of cases. I do have an expectation because, yeah. according to you, it's one of the best movies i have ever seen. see. It is exactly right. Now, I wouldn't sell you a dud. Uh, I, I think my record's pretty good. That's uh, pretty my good. Record's pretty good. Uh, th- it was nominated for three Oscars as well: Sheesh. Best Picture, Best Director. Best Adapted Screenplay. Okay. The film lost in all of those ah. categories to um, the, the one, the movie that swept it that year was The Bridge on the River Kwai. Great which movie, uh, classic. Starring, starring, uh, that one, I've heard of. Starring uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Alec, Alec Guinness was in that movie. I was going to say, Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi? <laughs> yeah, Alec Guinness. <laughs> Jesus. Now, this movie has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Based on 50 critic reviews. 100% rating. Not many movies can say that. So really? off the bat, you're going pretty good. Wow. Here's the thing
4: too. I'm just going to do this here on the fetch. 12 Angry Men. Oh, hang on. i not on the thing. Go on. Keep going. The
1: This film is also commonly used now as a training tool. Right. So business schools and workshops, they use this movie to teach people team working as a team and conflict resolution. Wow. this movie is used to i can to train see that, that i can absolutely, absolutely see it right. yeah. yes so you you'll see there's a there's a lot of conflict in this movie and some great drawn out characters in it as well so look, we're, going to be, we're about to dive into the, uh, the movie, but uh, if we don't want to spoil it for you, if you want to see this movie, I think this is your last exit before the freeway. So your chance to watch it on Fetch.
4: And you can do that just like I am. We're sitting here on the, on the Fetch, and I can just say 12 Angry Men, and it's going to find us 12 Angry Men. And the thing about this is, um, it actually tells us, let's do it again, 12 Angry Men. It tells us where we can watch it, and also, Stephen, It will also tell us Rotten Tomato Ratings. If it's a if it's a movie available on Fetch to rent or buy, it'll give okay. you a Rotten Tomato rating. This movie though is available to rent or buy on Prime, so it automatically opens up the Prime Video app. So does it op- does it open up the page or does it open up just the because the because this movie is only available on Amazon Prime, ah. then boom, it takes ah, well, us straight it there. It? Why do okay. we need to go anywhere else, right? Ah. Yeah, so it opens straight into Prime at that movie, okay. and it gives it's the, the IMD- IMDB
1: rating, absolutely, which is
4: nine That's right, huge. Wow. That's a massive rating, That's right? Huge, mate. And Very so good. any movie you've got, you'll find it on one of the streaming platforms or on the Fetch movie store, allowing you to rent or buy thousands and thousands of movies and watch them at your pleasure on your big screen TV. If you haven't got a Fetch box, you can get one through your internet provider. If they don't make them available on a monthly plan, heck, go to Harvey Norman or JB Hi-Fi and ask them for a Fetch Mighty or a Fetch Mini. All you need is the Fetch Mini to get access to the thousands of movies in the Fetch catalogue and all the streaming services as well.
1: Okay, you're still with us. We need to come to order. <laughs> Order in the court. We're gonna get. I'd like to call for a vote. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of those in the movie. Righto. So you've seen it. Yep. First
4: impressions. Um, so it was a slow burn for me. Like it's so different. It's yeah. jarringly different. You know, it's it's not a act by act, scene by scene. Really, you've got a room and a bathroom. That's the only place yeah. that you see in this.
1: Did you? But just on the name of it, what, did it give you an idea of what to expect? Twelve Angry. Did you know no. what twelve was represented? No, on? I had no idea. Okay. No, I so didn't, you didn't
4: know the 12 men on a jury. I didn't know it was a jury. Okay. Um you might have said that to me at one point. I yeah, don't yeah. know, but yep. uh, I had no concept of it. It was a slow burn, but as, I mean it doesn't take long and we'll get through the run through, but as soon as you get that initial one dissenting vote, you yeah. realize you're in for something here. Yeah. Because and, and and immediately when you said the the guy that wrote it did it after having served on a jury. I thought that's exactly what you would do. If you were any type of creative person, life experiences definitely feed into it. You would go, well, even if this has no relation to how his jury room went, you could see how you could write a part for 12 different people and easily come up with a whole bloody movie. I thought it was a great movie, but you really need to be strapped in
1: for the full 97 minutes. Yeah, it's short and sharp. I think it's yeah. No, But that's the great thing about it. It's not two and a half hours of... So great performances too. you think how can you how can like it's in one room how can there be performances it is really brilliantly done I, I actually think that
4: it shows the power of an actor yeah. better than many other movies we've watched Power you know, of the a script too The Good performance script. of yeah. actors in certain movies we've seen and yeah. I think some of the De Niro stuff is probably in that category but because it's such a plain set yeah. but and I, I I obviously appreciate the script is critical but The way you portray that argument, that change in disposition, that change in emotion, also the way you change your um, physicality and mentality over the course of a drawn-out period, so good.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of detail in them. I think the multiple watches that I've I've had with this movie, it brings out a lot of the detail you pick up, and I'll I'll talk about them. Uh, I saw this for the first time at school. I remember I was shown this in, I think we were in year 10 or something, and we're just... He's, he's a movie to see. We're studying the legal system and all that sort of stuff, and we thought, oh, hey, mate, it just fascinated me from the word yeah. go. And I've seen it many, many times. It's one of those short movies you can watch. You think I'm going to watch this? You know, it's like 97 yeah. minutes. You put you can easily do that pretty quick. Uh, I've also seen the other version as well, the 97 movie that right. was remade for television. So it was a telly movie, right? It was a telly movie, but mate, look at the cast: Jack Lemon, George C. Scott. Okay, so how does so, it rate? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's, it's probably. On par, I still love the original. The original had, mate, just a stellar cast, which we'll talk about. Just, just heavy hitters in every role was a good, like several Academy Award winners in this movie that were either Academy Award winners already or went on to win Academy. Right. So, really solid batting lineup. If I had
4: watched accidentally the other one, the wrong one, yeah, uh, forgetting the fact that obviously there'd be some conversation about actors and things. Would would I have got the same appreciation outcome if like if I yeah. give a this movie a rating? Would I likely give the other one the same rating?
1: I think if this, I'd never seen either, this of them? was better. I think this is still better. Okay, yeah, the original is best. Just like I'll give you another example, Willy Wonka. Oh, made that. Oh, yeah, you know, okay. The original version, Gene Wilder, that film is just one of my faves. No that, doubt, they remade it and it was rubbish. Yeah, they tried to sort of capture. They couldn't capture the same spirit, and not to say that the other movie didn't capture this spirit, but this was kind of the the raw original version. Was okay. you know, they had they had the they had to sort of set to to carve out the path, yeah. and they did, and it was just phenomenal performances all around. Speaking of which, the casting call Henry Fonda is the star, did, and, and we'll talk it later about. Them. None of the characters have names. Uh, yeah, no one's named yep. until the very end. Yes, two characters. Two named characters. At the end. Yeah. So, juror eight was Henry Fonda, who who's the one who's the first non guilty voter center, is he? Right. And he okay. was, he starred in Grapes of Wrath on Golden Pond. See, You're going to hate
4: of, this, but I don't know any of them.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the Lee J. Cobb, who was juror number three, the yep. one with his kid, whose kid punched him when yep. he was when he grew up. The last. He was cool. on On the Waterfront and The Exorcist. Okay. Right. Martin Balsam you've seen before. I know for a fact you've seen him before because he was juror number one. He was the foreman of the jury. Yes. He was in Psycho. I did recognise him. Remember he was the investigator in Psycho? Remember the guy who got stabbed and he fell down the stairs? Remember him? Yeah. okay. He was the guy, the private investigator. That was Martin Balsam. He was also in uh, All the President's Men, another classic movie. E.G. Marshall was juror number four, the guy with the glasses. So he was in *Tora Tora Tora*. He was you in know, a great, suit. yeah. He was in a great sh- um, creep show. Was a, a three-part um, horror show, three different stories. He was in the third story about a clean freak. Uh, really w- worth a watch. Ed Begley, who's Ed Begley Jr.'s dad, Ed Begley Jr. been popular movie actor and TV actor. He was juror number ten. He was in *The Sweet Bird of Youth* and *Hang 'Em High*. A couple of westerns he was in. Jack Warden. Dura number 7, remember the dude who was loving the baseball, had the baseball tickets? Yeah. He was Dura 7. He was in And Justice For All with Al Pacino. Great movie. He plays the judge in that really good movie. He was also in Heaven Can Wait. Jack Klugman, did you remember, did you recognize Jack Klugman? He was Dura number 5, who was the guy who said, oh, I grew up in a slum. Maybe you can smell it on <laughs> I, me. I remember the character, but I don't He, he don't was in The him. Odd Couple with um, Tony Randall. Remember that show in the 70s? And it was also, he was in Quincy, Quincy M.D., very popular TV show. But according to, I watched the DVD, the making of documentary, and he said that originally his character was supposed to be young, like 20 to 21. They wanted someone younger. And uh, he was supposed to have... Because uh, like there's that
4: moment where he talks about, I grew up in the, yes, in the slums and
1: stuff. But they wanted him to be the character as which initially was supposed to be foreign, like an Italian, like olive skin, so someone yeah. who was more another, like a the defender. Another, yeah. There's a Hungarian dude who's the yeah. other guy. But uh, they said, you know what? He thought, you know, what am I going to do? And they said, no, no, we're going to... He was 35 at the time. He said, no, no. So he, he accepted the role, and he was also <coughs> Jewish too. So he was reassured by Sidney Lumet. He goes, no, no, you'll be right. This will work. And, and it did. Um, sadly, though, everyone in the movie is no longer with us. They're all really? passed on. Yeah. Jack Klugman was the last survivor. He died in, ni- in 2012. So that entire cast has passed away. Yeah. Was well, made that's in the non- most morbid made in 19- yeah, movie a, stat you've given made, us. Made in 1957, mate. It, was, uh, it is old. Quite, yeah, you're quite, right. Quite a while back. Uh, we are going to get through the run-through in one moment, but before we do that, let's talk about Hisense, our other great sponsor, and even even watching this movie uh, a 1957 film still I got I had this I watched this in high definition yes and it looked magnificent on a big screen TV like Hisense have yep. they have their up to 85 inches you can get a Hisense TV there is ULED technology, there's Dolby Vision, so that you get the great looking picture, but also Dolby Atmos, so it sounds good as well. And Dolby Atmos, there's a lot of movies that have Dolby Atmos soundtrack, so you're hearing sounds coming from around the room, and all originating from the television. So if you're after a big screen TV, they have got great picture quality, QLED technology, they've got 4K, 8K, but also too... They're one of the only companies that have a three-year warranty on their television, so you know if you're buying a high sense TV, you know the company backs their product with a three-year warranty. That gives you added peace of mind. When and you're at
4: the retailer, remember the two blokes told you:
1: go the big, two blokes. That's look, go it. Go home. Eighty-five inches is, I think, becoming the norm for a lot sweet of people. Spot. So if you're going to look, if you're going if you're looking for shopping for seventy-five inches, you're listening to this inch, show. Yeah, you love movies. You have got to go big. Come on. Yeah, if you're looking at seventy five, just say you know what, let's just go to eighty five. Yeah. Just do it. And you know what, a friend of mine, I recommended it. I said, mate, for that price, just pay a bit extra, get the eighty if five. If your partner Happy said, why'd you why'd you get an eighty five? I said, no, no, seventy five. Just
4: don't tell them. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, but they will appreciate it. Though. <laughs> so, if you want to find out more, head over to Hisense.com.au. dot au. All right, are we ready? <laughs> Ready. Order in the court. Well, it starts <laughs> off. Of course, the first shot is the courthouse, and, and we we find out it's the New York Supreme Court. Yep. And oh, did you like that shot that sort of pans through sort of the the outside of the courtrooms? And there was like uh, a person who came out and someone celebrating, so they obviously had a good result in the case. And so yes, the, you see the different. But different then different down emotions. the other end, there's someone who's crying. Yeah, and, yeah. someone's sad. The result didn't go their way. Someone's pretty joyful. So there was a that that was a really nice establishing shot. Next thing we see we're in the we're in the courtroom, yeah, and a really nice slow pan of the jury and the then the the defendant, the judge telling them, you know you've got a great responsibility here, this defendant's facing the death penalty, and then we see the the slow pan of the of the of the jury, and then they file they retire to the jury room to yep. start the deliberation
4: and and this is the point where I initially go, okay, so you're not giving us anything. Like yeah. you get into this deliberation and we know nothing. Yeah. So it's a fascinating way like obviously we, we it just,
1: know it's a we know it just, that it's yes, a serious charge. he's facing death. It makes penalty.
4: perfect sense once you've seen the whole movie, but straight yeah. up here I'm going,
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I actually rewind and went, Did I miss something? Well did you see though when they filed out there was one shot lasted about five seconds of the defendant? Oh, this young guy know. Sort of look, look. Really, sort of had tears in his eyes. Sort of looking, thinking, "God, you know, my, the fate of my life rests yeah, in your yeah, hands." Yeah. So, that that was that one shot. And that's the only. I think he was even uncredited. That actor, you didn't even know who he was. Really. So that that was that only shot of 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 him in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's talked about, of course, the whole movie. But then we, we file into the room and we establish straight away it's going to be a hot day. So they're sort yes. of cooped up in this room. Yep. You see they're them sort of sweating it out things. and opening windows and all of that. I found it really interesting, though. Did you notice that uh, when they moved into the room that they went to take their seats and there were newspapers on the table? Yeah, because jurors are not meant to be exposed yeah, like, well, in this day yeah, and age. Well, yeah, exactly. I thought, well, why would you have news? This could have been in the press, this yeah. uh, this this case. It so doesn't make sense, actually, yeah, does yeah. it? Yeah, so I, that stood out for That's me. That's a plot hole. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, but then we sort of, they file in, they say, you know, ask each other, how, how did you like it? You know, I've sat on many juries, talked about nothing. Um, and then one of the guys commented, you know, we have got to slap down these kids before they get started. And um, juror eight said, oh, we were lucky to get a murder case and yeah. all this. So everyone has sort of varying, varying uh, sort of opinions about being on the jury in the first place. And, you know, they talk about the knives and how, what it's like in the movies. how you know, they see yeah. this in the movies. And then it comes but, down, to Can I just
4: say, that's, I actually, this was the moment I went. I'm in because I thought to myself, "That's exactly how I'd be. I'd be like, yeah. this is nothing like it was on Law and Order. This is nothing yeah. like it was. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's your jury experience. Hey, Law
4: that's, and Order. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the yeah. practice. Have you ever Law been on order? a jury? No.
1: Have you ever been called for jury duty
4: twice? Okay. In the last you three did the years, side step, did you? Uh, unfortunately, I work in a job. I'm self-employed, and so it would impact on my family.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, no, it would. I mean, that's. Okay. I, I would. Yeah, I, I've. I. Uh, I actually turned up and got rejected. I, I didn't make. I've it. thought. Uh, yeah, I got listen, dropped.
4: When I retire, I'm an old man. I will be a pest on juries <laughs> okay. because I'll be in there going, oh, well, "Yeah, he's
1: guilty." I reckon. We'll ask. We'll ask what jury you are by the end of the. Yeah, day. that's yeah, a good we'll, idea. Who you But, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. at that
4: that point, I re- it resonated with me. Yeah, because these were guys who, like, they'd just been through an experience. Yeah, and they now had to familiarize themselves with this room, get adjusted, and make a very big decision. I thought. That was a really good point in in the game yeah. because you started to get this point where there's a bloke here going, "Man, I have got to a ball game tonight." Like this is <laughs> so saying, "Come on, let's get moving." There's yeah. this there's this there's this clear differentiation between you know people who are essentially here to take it very seriously and others
1: who are just here to do their duty. Yeah, or if that. Yeah, yeah, and they they uh, they decide to sit in order of jury number. That sort yeah. of helps you know who's who to. Uh, and they That's decide. Right. And that, I didn't I didn't realize yeah. that until one bloke goes me sitting in my chair. Yeah. Because he was, you know, jury one was at the, yeah. Was at the front, yeah. And then two, three, yeah. And um, they uh, they decide to get to the table, and they, they chat about how, you know, what, what they're facing in terms of the seriousness of the charge. You know,
3: I'm not going to make any rules. Uh, we can, well, discuss it first, and uh, then vote on it. That's, of course, uh, that's uh, one way. And, uh, well, we can uh, vote on it right now. Then. I think it's customary to take a preliminary vote. Yeah, let's vote. Let's, who knows? Maybe we can all get out of here, huh? Uh-huh. Okay, then uh, I think that, um, of course, you know that we uh, have a first-degree murder charge here and if we vote the accused guilty, uh, we've got to send him to the chair. Um, that's mandatory. I think we know that. First yeah, let's see call. who's yeah. where.
1: So that that establishes straight away that, you know, this is a serious decision. Yeah, it's,
4: it's a, a fascinating kind of in-your-face, boys. You realise if we all yeah. go 12 nil here, this bloke's dead. He's gone. And it's 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 pause it's pause for thought, right? It's Absolutely, that moment yeah. and that becomes uh, very relevant because they take the vote yeah. and it's 11-1. Yeah. And and then, and, and it's a yeah. very like I, I really like that moment and it's probably because he's such a great actor, right? But he really felt you felt his his pause. You felt him wanna go, actually, maybe not.
3: Eleven guilty, one not guilty. Well, now we know where we are. Boy, oh boy, there's always one. <laughs> Oh, what are we doing now? I guess we talk.
0: Boy, oh boy. You really think he's innocent? I don't know. I mean, you sat in court with the rest of us. You heard what we did. The kid's a dangerous killer, you could see it.
3: He's 18 years old.
0: Well, that's old enough. He, He stabbed his own father four inches into the chest. They proved it a dozen different ways in court. Would you like me to list them for you?
3: No. then what do you want? I just want to talk.
1: So we we I think we find out that the this the, the juror eight is Henry Fonda so he he's thinking look it's worth a chat this guy yeah. we're not going to immediately in 1 minute decide this place And is there's things
4: die. it's interesting and I don't know whether it's of the time or, or whether there's been changes to the legal system that's you know much more detail than I would ever know but like, there's things that I accept about the legal system, like, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, guilty until proven, innocent, uh, innocent prove until guilty. proven guilty, yeah. you know, reasonable doubt. Like, yeah. things like this that yeah. we all kind of know from watching legal shows yep. that actually never really come up here. Like, I don't m- think they mention reasonable doubt. Oh,
1: yeah, they mention it later. Enough. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah, at that point, yeah. this bloke oh, doesn't. at this point, no. no he, he's at,
4: his, at this point, he's not saying, listen, I'm sitting here because I've got a bit yeah. of
1: doubt. Well, there's 11 people that think it's cut and dry. And this guy is thinking, "Look, it's not easy." He says, "It's not easy to raise my hand to be alone here." Um, You know, we're talking about taking someone's life, so it's worth a chat. Yeah. Uh, You know, you can suppose and whatever you want, but it's worth a a go around the table. But it's also the point where they start talking
4: about like derogatory about this kid. Yeah. It's it's this is the first point of the movie, and it's the first point where you realise, hang on a minute, they're talking about they're making assumptions about the kid as opposed to about the case.
3: This boy's been hit so many times in his life that violence is practically a—it's a normal state of affairs with him. I just—I can't see two slaps in the face provoking him into committing murder. It may have been two too many. Everyone has a breaking point.
1: So that, that's a—that's a point, a fair point at the start. Yeah. And uh, the so the, I, th- I think what what we see here, the discussion sort of turns a little bit sort of racial. It turns a little bit like class, you know, people living in Yeah, there's a, there's a whole class decision, yeah. isn't there? So it's a whole thing there, and, and they. I, I like the line from juror number one who says, listen, why don't, why don't you tell us what you're thinking and we'll tell you what where you've gone wrong. I mean, he yeah, sort of automatically it's, assume it's that a,
4: it's an assumption that that he's he's the guy that's so wrong. Yeah,
1: the first guy around the table, they all they all thought they all ask why they think he's guilty, and it goes, you know, we just think he's guilty. Let's hear the facts. The old man heard the loud noises, fighting. He heard he's going to say, "I'm going to kill it's you." A, it's a
4: very smart way to bring us because again, well, it, you it reveals it, the story. Correct. Yeah. You think about how this could have been done. This script could have been okay. It's a two-hour movie. Yeah, let's show. 30 to 40 minutes of a court case you
1: know the key arguments and then the actual and crimes. then let's and, yeah, then, yeah. and then let's show the jury there's not one like you'd think in a modern movie they would have thought yeah. let's show a like a flashback of a scene or something no. they didn't they said no no it's all you know, in their
4: eyes if you were pitching this you'd say we're going to go through the courthouse yeah. we're going to show the court case we're going to have these arguments yeah. but it's going to be a very quick court case but then there's going to be this hour discussion among the yeah, jurors well that's law
1: and order but instead sort of, of that works,
4: yeah? they've just gone yeah. let's, let's expose all the things you'd normally see through the court yeah. scenes, in in these moments, I thought it was a brilliant yeah, well, way to go around the table and expose the scene. They drip
1: feed the details and sort of the yeah you know, the, the 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 kids accused of murdering his father found with a knife in his chest. The they said uh, his entire story, his alibi was that he was at the movies, but he couldn't remember the movies. They say there was a witness, the woman saw him through the passing L track, which is elevated track. Yep, and they say that you know uh, well why 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 don't you believe the boy's story? Like, why do you believe the woman? I think one of them has a crack in him, so she's one of them too, isn't she? Yeah, like, in other yeah. words, a foreigner. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, and then also they're sort of saying, well, what about his motive? Like, he, they had an argument at 8 p.m. They saw him run out of the house. The other one said, look, look at his record. He's been in reform school. He's handy with a knife. So they're all making these assumptions. Yeah. And, and one of them there says, look, you know, the kids, the way they are today, he said, when I was a kid, it was a lot different.
0: I was a kid, I used to call my father Sir. That's right, Sir. Do you ever hear a kid call his father that anymore?
3: Fathers don't seem to think it's important anymore.
0: You got any kids? Three. I got one. Twenty-two years old. When he was nine years old, he ran away from a fight. I saw it, I was so embarrassed, I almost threw up. I said I'm going to make a man out of you if I have to break you in two trying. Well, I made a man out of him. When he was 16, we had a fight. Hit me in the jaw. He's a big kid. I haven't seen him for two years. So
4: now I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I miss that. Oh, I kind of, I don't know. You know, I. I I guess we're different in the way we watch. You would you would be just so focused, but <laughs> sometimes I'm just like I'm looking at again because I'm trying to take these movies in. Sometimes yeah. I'm looking around at stuff. Yeah. And I saw I, I saw this scene. I saw him pull the photo out. Da 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 da.
1: That was juror number three. I watched yeah.
4: this. I actually rewound to ah, that at okay. the end of the movie because ah. it, because it becomes quite poignant, the, right? Because yeah. later on, with the photo comes yeah. up, and you know, I went back oh, I and I went, "Okay, I needed yeah. to know a bit more He's about the motivated. Of that." He's yes. motivated to yes. do this,
1: but. Um, the talk then sort of swings around to you know he lived in a slum and you know slums are breeding ground for crime and one of the jurors juror number 4 this is the guy that then no, says juror number 5 says oh i lived in a slum yes. he says what well, maybe you can smell the garbage on me sort of he said okay let's let's take which it which when
4: you said he, that was meant to be a young kid yes, you can see why that, that would that have up perfectly
1: yes correct so and he was supposed to be like an italian looking person too apparently so um Anyway they, um, they, they, they start talking about the case and the, the I think the juror number eight sort of says you know the defense wasn't thorough enough you know there's a lot of little things you know put yourself in the kids' place you know yeah. there was one alleged eyewitness one person heard something suppose they're all wrong could they yeah. be wrong he was asking he yep. was challenging them yep. about that um, so, but then what I love about this is the responses he got kind of confirms his argument yes. one of them responds he goes no one can know about a thing like that. It's not an exact science. So they're kind of saying, okay, well, agree so, with me there There's
4: actually at least a few times in this movie where their own words yeah. catch yes. themselves out.
1: And then they talk about the knife. They said, oh, this, you know, I love this bit. Let's get it back in here. Let's yes. have a look. It's a pretty unique looking knife. By the way, so if I was knife. a juror, I'd be doing that. I'd
4: be like, get someone to
1: bring in that that exhibit. <laughs> so it had a very unusual carved blade, and he says that he met his friend's Apparently, he had the same weapon. It was it was found in, embedded in the father. Uh, apparently, the he was the kid was sold a similar knife or the yep. same knife, and um, he's he claims the knife fell out of his pocket. And it's they're thinking, well, what, are, thinking, what are the come odds? on, hey, what are the odds of, of us seeing a knife like this? And he goes, look, it's a very unique knife. They they had a look at it, but then Henry uh, or juror number eight pulls this.
3: Now, are you trying to tell me that this knife? Really fell through a hole in the boy's pocket. Someone picked it up off the street, went to the boy's house and stabbed his father with it just to test its sharpness. No, I'm just saying it's possible the boy lost his knife and that somebody else stabbed his father with a similar knife, it's just possible. Take a look at this knife. It's a very unusual knife. I've never seen one like it. Neither had the storekeeper who sold it to the boy. Aren't you asking us to accept a pretty incredible coincidence? I'm just saying a coincidence is possible. And I say it's not possible.
4: That's not enough.
1: <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> Where, did you same night? Think you're
3: Where did you get it? I went out walking for a couple of hours last night. I walked through the boys' neighborhood. I bought that in a little pawn shop just two blocks from the boys' house. It cost six dollars.
1: So he showed that's not that unique a knife. Um I will talk later in the about the, him the, whether he could have actually done that legally or not and being being on a jury and the whole thing the revolving around the knife. But it was at that point they decided, well, you know what, let's take another vote. But this time, secret ballot. And they went around and, and he says too, jury number eight goes, look, if if eleven is not guilty, we tell the judge we're a hung jury. Yep. If another not guilty, we talk it out. Yeah, they do. They do. You see, I love how they get the pieces of paper back. You see them being read.
4: My favourite part about this is, again, as a you know in the world of reality TV, you expect it's the last one that's going to be not guilty, no. but it's actually not. It's maybe it's like the third last one. Yeah, it's it's I reckon well, it's it six was or seven eight. it
1: was the um the <laughs> old man who changed his vote. Yeah, right. Like, sitting uh, next to it. it's a juror number nine. Yeah, he, and he said, "Look, you know, as this gentleman was standing alone, he, he gambled on support and he got it." I want to hear more. So he yeah. sort of convinced him. There's some. There might be yeah. some doubt. He, he he doesn't say
4: he yep. truly believes he's not guilty. He yep. just says that based on the vote we're taking, which is
1: to get an, a longer discussion. Someone else needs to vote. I'm yep. voting, and I want to want to talk. And to that's them. what happened. So. Yep. Um, they decide to take a little break, and uh, the ad guy—I love the ad guy—he was sort of as he was explaining to his mate the, the bloke next to him he goes, "I love it when we have ex- when we try to express our ideas it pre- we precede it with a phrase." So well, I think the one he uses he goes, "Let's run it up a up flagpole, see if anyone salutes." And he himself uses the term, "You know, let's put it on the stoop and see if the cat licks it up." Sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typical ad man, right? Um, the the guy in the bathroom—they have the conversation. We find out that juror Number Eight Henry Fonda is an architect. And he has a chat with the guy who's uh, got, the tickets, got the tickets to <laughs> Art Vandelay. He talks to the dude with the with the tickets, with the baseball tickets, right? Yeah. So he watches his face. They have a chat. And then I love the line. He says, look, you know, he says, oh, we're going to be talking and talking all day. He goes, you know, I'm going to get a sore throat. And he says, what's the difference between getting a sore throat here at the ballgame? Really Brilliant really nice yeah, Great yeah, line. Yeah. So they get back down to business. And uh, the old man, uh, they talk about, right, the old man, apparently, his the guy yell i'm going to kill you and then they hit they hear the body hit the ground
0: the old man who lived downstairs says he heard the kid yell out i'm going to kill you second later he heard the body hit the floor now he ran to the door and he saw the kid running down the stairs and out of the house what does that mean to you well, I was wondering how clearly the old man could have heard the boy's voice through the ceiling. Didn't hear it through the ceiling. The window was open. So was the one upstairs. It was a hot night, remember? Well, it was another apartment. It's not
3: that easy to identify a voice, particularly a he shouting identified voice. identified it in course. That's right. And don't forget the lady across the street. She looked right in the open window and saw the boy stab his father. Now, I mean, isn't that enough for you? No, it isn't. <laughs> boy, how do you like this guy, eh? Huh? It's like talking into a dead phone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember in this bit now where he's having a chat about you know, ha- identifying a shouting voice and he's very serious he's, this yeah, is just... then he sees him playing tic-tac-toe yeah and he grabs the grabs the paper rips off the paper it's not a game yeah and, and then the guy juror number three says oh the nerve of this bloke who do you think you are <laughs> yeah and then they get talking, the, sort of the subject goes back to the train. The L train. They try to think, well, how long do you reckon it takes a train to pass a certain point? You know, they think, oh, this and They, they come up with 10 seconds yep. for a train to pass. Now, the elevator train is a short, L train is short for elevated yep. train. Now, in at the time, it was a really important part of the movie because the witness testified she saw the mur- sees the murder through the passing L train. Now, in 1954, when this came out, it was accurate at the time. But in 1957, the last L train made it. They they were no longer around. The last L train made its final run in 1955. Yeah, right. so L trains didn't exist when the time this was made into a movie. So it was, it was kind of at the time when it was written, there was elevator trains, but not now. So yeah. it's um, the uh, that's sort of a, a a note that they mentioned. But I also mentioned too that living near an l track and you can imagine like an elevated track would mean it's up off the ground and sort of level with sort of level two three apartments yeah so it it would be uh would be quite loud
3: has anyone here ever lived near the l tracks well uh i just finished painting an apartment that overlooked an l line i was there for three days what was it like what do you mean noisy oh brother Uh, it don't matter though we're all punchy i lived in a second floor apartment near the L line once when the window is open and the train goes by, the noise is almost unbearable. You can hardly hear yourself think. All right, you can't hear yourself think. Well, you get to the point? I will. Now, just a
1: minute. So he's trying to establish the fact that, A, the L train, she saw through the last two cars of the L train, and trying to establish that at that point she saw the murder happen, mm. but at that point the old man heard, I'm going to kill you. So yeah, they're he's, trying to speculate. He's taking
4: two very important pieces of witness testimony and trying to determine whether either one of them, could be correct
3: the old man in the apartment downstairs he says he heard the boy say I'm gonna kill you and a split second later heard a body hit the floor one second later right that's right second the woman across the street swore positively she looked out of the window and saw the killing through the last two cars of a passing elevated train right the last two cars Well, what are you giving us here just now just a minute we've agreed that it takes 10 seconds for a train to pass a given point Since the woman saw the killing through the last two cars, we can assume that the body hit the floor just as the train went by. Therefore, the train had been roaring by the old man's window a full ten seconds before the body hit the floor. The old man, according to his own testimony, I'm going to kill you, body hitting the floor a split second later, would have had to hear the boy make this statement with the L roaring past his nose. It's not possible he could have heard it.
4: It's brilliant, P, because the of all the evidence that you hear in this whole um uh jury deliberation, if if either the old man or the woman across the way, if their testimonies are brought into question, it's like I'm sitting yeah. this is the point where I'm right, okay, I'm now on the yeah. not guilty. Reasonable like this doubt. is the point yeah, yeah. where you establish that reasonable doubt. I think that's that's the yeah. best thing here because then this whole learning that we have and again you've got to remember we didn't see the court case but we, we see it through their eyes So and I actually think it's a really cool way of going how many people would remember all these things about the testimony it was Absolutely so, so right. well done
1: but they discover it's a, it's a matter of
4: seconds he said
3: he yelled at the top of his voice that's good enough for me even if he heard something he still couldn't have identified the voice with the yell roaring by you're talking about a matter of seconds nobody can be that accurate well I think testimony that could put a boy into the electric chair should be that accurate
1: yeah so, That's they're exactly, talk, yeah. so they're talking about well, why would the old man say that? And he he goes on to say, well, doesn't the other old man,
4: the yeah. number nine? Yes, he because
1: he, he's an old man. He yeah. kind of goes, you know what?
4: He's old. He's this yeah. is this is a chance to be in the public to be eye. Yeah, not because he wants to be
1: famous because he heard a murder, but he just wants to see his name in the paper. Yeah. He wants to be quoted. And he, he, they, he also points out the fact that um, he saw the old man, saw the other old man in court. He said, look, he had a torn jacket. He was dragging his left leg, trying yep. to hide it. Um, he's been nothing his entire life. So um, he's he's thinking, well, you know, this guy's trying to sort of maintain his dignity. If they believe me about this big court case, then I'm somebody, yeah. Think So um, the, the the discussion comes around to the, the phrase, I'm going to kill you. And, and how many times people have s- say it in natural conversation
3: this phrase how many times have all of us used it probably thousands i could kill you for that darling junior you do that once more and i'm going to kill you get in there rocky and kill <laughs> it. it every day that doesn't mean we're really going to kill it wait a
0: minute what are you trying to give us here the phrase was i'm going to kill you the kid yelled it at the top of his lungs don't tell me you didn't mean it anybody says a thing like that the way he said it they mean it
1: so they take now another vote yep and the not guilty vote it goes nine to three, so nine guilty, three not guilty. So yeah. he sort of he's 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 got two turning on, him around. He's got yeah. he's got
4: two more on board.
1: So he the, the discussion goes next to like why would the this, he had a lawyer? Why didn't the lawyer think of this? And he was yeah. saying, look, you know, the um he was a court-appointed lawyer. He he probably thought there was no real prestige in all in all this case. Yeah. but then the other juror brings up the fact that you know he, he if he allegedly committed this murder, why would he go home again?
3: Now, how was he
2: caught by the police? He came back home uh, at three o'clock or so, and he was captured by two detectives in the hallway of his house. Now, my question is, if he really had killed his father, why would
3: he come back home three hours later? Wouldn't he be afraid of being caught?
1: So that's a pretty good question. Why would you go back? If you committed this murder, why would you go back there? Yeah. And their the, the speculation was, well, he had to retrieve the murder weapon, and maybe he left fingerprints on the knife. So there's all this other speculation. May not have heard the woman's the scream. Remember, yeah. it was a scream at the time. Uh, did the old man actually see him run out? Well,
4: this is the this is the next big part of the whole thing. But they they do call for another vote. We've seen yes. this conversation now for a bit, and the next vote is now eight
1: four eight four.
4: So it's yeah. very and to be honest, at this point of the movie. I'm going right here. I see where this is going. Yeah. This is going to go heavily one way, but I still don't fully know where it's going to end up. And I think that's what's exciting about it. Yeah. Because actually what's weird here is at this point I went, okay, the title's 12 Angry Men. So I feel like this thing's going to go back to one eleven instead of eleven one. Like, I felt like I could see where the movie was going, but absolutely
1: couldn't guarantee how it would end. Exactly right. So that the conversation turns towards the old man, yeah, not the old man juror, the old man witness, but it who is, he has, a, he's got to remember. We established that he drags his left the, foot a little bit. Link. So the speculation comes from he had to. Did he, he? said he got to the door, saw someone running down the stairs, so he had to get from his bedroom to the down to the hallway. So were they asked to see a diagram of the apartment, yes. and they established that it's uh like fifty eight feet. Yep. So can an old man who drags his foot? make it to the door in time. So they start, they decide to reenact it.
3: Now, let's see. It was... It's 12 feet from the bed of the door. The hall is 43 feet. He would have had to walk 12 feet, open the bedroom door, walk 43 feet down and open the front door, all in 15 seconds. You think he could have done it? Sure he could have done it. He can walk only very slowly. They had to help him into the witness chair. You make it sound like a long walk. or an old man who had his talk, it is a long walk. Oh, what are you doing? I'm going to try it, see how long it takes. What do you mean you want to try it? Why didn't his lawyer bring it up of its own accord? Maybe he just didn't think about it. What do you it, mean right? didn't think of it? The a man's an idiot or something. It's an obvious thing. Did you think of it? Think of it? Think of it? <laughs> think of Listen, it? smart guy. Don't matter whether I thought of it. He didn't bring it up because he knew it'd hurt his case. What do you think of that? Hey, maybe he didn't bring it up because it would have meant bullying and badgering a helpless old man. You know that doesn't sit very well with a jury. Most lawyers avoid it if they can. So what kind of a bum is he then? That's what I've been asking, buddy. Pass me that chair, will you?
1: So they they go ahead and reenact it, and the, the the speculation is, well, he's an old man. The fifteen seconds.
3: How does he know
0: how long fifteen seconds is? You can't judge a thing like that. He said fifteen seconds. He was very positive about uh, it. He was an old man. Half the time he was confused. How could he be positive about anything?
1: So that, that's another, it's thing another saying, reinforcement of okay, the whole problem. how can he be positive about and anything? I think, if I'm right, at this
4: point when he says that, he does have – isn't he facing away and he questions him, himself? Yeah, he
1: sort of, uh, sort of <laughs> realised what he, he what he just said. He realised yeah. what he just said. But then they do but He's the not looking at them when he says that. No, he's not. But they do the reenactment, <laughs> and so they set out the chairs and yep. he walks the 58 feet and he says, oh, okay, okay who's got a se- hand with uh, a <laughs> – the, the guy hand? with the st- stopwatch is going, and waiting it, waiting for it to get to yeah. 60. <laughs> it's not a stopwatch, he's just yeah. normal, using a normal watch. So Which is smart. The Dura, if you watch the movie carefully, uh, he does the demonstration and he says, Oh, how long? And he goes, Forty one seconds. Now if you if you have your own stopwatch, right, Jura yeah. number eight reenacts it so we see it. Yeah. yeah. it actually takes thirty one seconds, not forty one. Yeah, if you time didn't didn't yeah, forty one, it actually takes thirty one if you want to get your stopwatch out. So uh, <laughs> no. his, his argument now is that he got to the staircase and assumed it was the boy the boy yeah. running down the stairs. So there's now some doubt. Now A speculation. When when he says, look now at that point he's sort of sort of trying to paint the picture that this kid could be innocent.
0: Brother, I've seen all kinds of dishonesty in my day, but this little display takes the cake. You all come in here with your hearts bleeding all over the floor about slum kids and injustice. You listen to some fairy tales, suddenly you start getting through to some of these old ladies. Well, you're not getting through to me. I've had enough. What's the matter with you
3: guys? You all know he's guilty. He's got to burn. You're letting him slip through our fingers. Slip through our fingers? Are you his executioner? (laughs) I'm one of them. Perhaps you'd like to pull the switch. For this kid, you bet I would. I feel sorry for you. What it must feel like to want to pull the switch. Ever since you walked into this room, you've been acting like a self-appointed public avenger. You want to see this boy die because you personally want it, not because of the facts. You're a sadist. Kill him, go, kill him! You don't really mean you'll kill me, do you?
1: Say so that, he said, I'm going to kill him. So yeah. he, goes, he said, anyone who yells out at the top of his voice has to be yeah. And he does it it's himself. just so- it's actually so well-scripted in that <laughs> sense, right? That's because genius, yeah. there's so many of those, I've said it oh, before, yeah. there's
4: so many of those moments where it yeah. validates
1: the, the the change in the vote that's occurring. So they decide to have another vote, and they said, look, you know, should I make it a personal thing? I love the question. One of the jurors asks, the white guy next to him says, don't you ever sweat? Yes. So he's got his jacket yeah, his suit. on. Yeah. yeah, he goes, no. He goes, uh, they take another vote. They, this time they decide open ballot. Yeah. And this time, six six. Six to six. So the guy at the end who always coming up with the baseball analogy is oh, and then we go into extra innings <laughs> <laughs> as well. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, the other the, the one of them pipes up and goes oh, you can twist the facts any way you want, and then they re- they starts raining. Remember at um the uh, one of them asks is why did you change your vote? He goes well, I've got room for doubt. I'm thinking well, yeah. you know, if there's a doubt, then let's talk about.
4: But it. But what I meant earlier about the reasonable doubt thing is I don't think they talk about it enough. Yeah, like at that point where he says that. That's where I would have had a, a line where they talk more about yeah. the fact that reasonable doubt is the most critical part of yep. the
1: the the justice system. If there's any reasonable doubt, absolutely right. Any reasonable doubt, and, and I even like, more so in they, a death penalty case. They establish the fact that the mm. defendant doesn't even have to say anything. It's the, it's the prosecution who has to prove that they're, right. they're guilty. Yeah. So uh, the bloke gets the fan to work. Isn't remember, that he was funny? Like, And he throws the paper and, <laughs> <laughs> and hits the old man it's, in the head. This <laughs> whole time, that they can't, they're can't, they sweating, and then the fan works <laughs> when the work. rain comes. Yeah. Now, the discussion was about his alibi and, uh, you know, how the fact that he, he couldn't remember um, the movies. Do
3: you think you could remember tales after an upsetting experience such as being slapped in the face by your father? I think so. Is there any special details to remember? The boy couldn't remember the names of the movies he saw because he wasn't there
1: that night. And they discussed the fact that he, he could recite them in court. Mm. But at the time, he said he was under personal stress and they said, oh, yeah, he made a point of knowing what was playing and all of that. But then he decides to ask him a question about it as well and trying to test his memory.
3: Monday night. Monday night, uh... My wife and I went to the movie What did you see? The Scarlet Circle It is a very clever whodunit What was the second feature? The, um I'll tell you in a minute That's the uh, rain
1: in the background, by the way
3: Yes Remarkable Mrs. uh, something The Mrs. uh, Bainbridge The remarkable Mrs. Bainbridge I saw that It's called the amazing Mrs. Bainbridge (laughs) Uh, Yes, the amazing Mrs. Bainbridge I think that's right Who was in the amazing Mrs. Bainbridge? Barbara Long, I think it was. Or dark, Any
1: relations? <laughs>
3: Ling or Long, something like that. Who else? I'd never heard of him before. It's a very inexpensive second feature with uh, unknown. And you weren't under
4: an emotional stress, were you?
1: Yeah. So it kind of makes the point. He goes, uh, again, he said, look, you couldn't even remember it and you were fine. It's at this point yeah. you
4: realise that juror number eight is essentially playing the role of the defence attorney. Exactly. Because these right. are all
1: these are all things. Absolutely and right. And it goes to that point yeah. they made earlier. And again, yeah. this is
4: my law and order trading, but yeah. this this is the point he made earlier is that that defence attorney was you know court appointed. Yeah. You know, no there was, glory. There in was it. never yeah. a chance. So, Seemed cut and dry. Yeah. So they're just picking apart the very things that should have been picked
1: apart in in the whole process. One little detail I picked up after yeah. the five hundredth watch of this was that at the very end of that, when he goes, "And you weren't under any emotional stress," a little bead of sweat. Goes down his forehead. So remember, before he said, "I don't sweat." Yes, he was sweating this time.
4: Oh, which gives relevance to the "I don't sweat" thing. Yeah, so that was it. A Bit like uh, Prince Andrew. He reckons he doesn't sweat either. Yeah, Yeah. no, no, (laughs) very good analogy. So
1: uh, they talk about though the uh, the downward angle of the stab wound. Yes. So remember, they had the. This is a really good
4: bit because again, these are things that would be absolutely shown and discussed in the open court.
1: But clearly weren't questioned. Well, the argument was that at five foot seven, it was he was much shorter than his dad. Yeah, it'd be hard to stab down downwards to a taller man. Yeah, and uh, juror number three decides to uh, to give it a go. I
0: want you to watch this because I don't want to have to do it again. I'll make myself about six or seven inches shorter. Okay,
3: it's
0: about right. Maybe a little more. Okay,
3: a little more. What's hey, it all? Hey, that boy? That funny.
0: Nobody's hurt.
1: Right, All right. Nobody hurt. So remember that a few minutes ago he said, "I'm going to kill you," yeah, and then yeah. he was demonstrating a knife, and he sort of had a yeah. had a bit of a crack. I mean, That's what they oh Yeah, they so thought they like, panicked. Then he put the knife in his pocket. Remember, he goes, "Nobody got hurt." Knife's in his pocket. But then um, Jura number five talk, speaks up. That's uh, Jack Klugman, and he, you know, the guy who lived in the slums. He was asking. Then he said, "Look, have you ever seen a knife fight?"
0: Why hit these things? Did you ever see a knife back? No. You? No. Anybody here ever see a knife back? This
3: is a great beat. Oh, well, I have. You know, on my back stoop, a lot across the street, backyard. Switchblades came with the neighborhood where I live. Funny, I never thought of it before. I guess you'd try to forget those things. How do you use a switchblade? Well, he never use it like this. See, you lose too much time switching hands. Here's how. Underhand Anyone who's ever used a switchblade wouldn't handle it any other way. Are you sure? I'm sure. That's why they're made
1: open like that. Switchblades. Oh.
4: This is the. This is one of the only points where I um, become someone like I, I'm. I've changed the not guilty early on, right? Because just because of the doubt. But I would have picked that one apart and gone, well, yeah. But in a switchblade like that—that's in, in a street fight. In a, in a street fight. Yeah, but yeah. if you're walking into a room, premeditated plan, yeah. you would probably be holding it. Yeah, in absolutely.
1: The other way. No, I, I agree with that. Um, so they decide though. The guy at the end, the baseball fan, he decides <laughs> he's changed his vote. You heard me. I had enough.
0: What do you mean you've had enough? That's no answer. Hey, listen, you just uh, take care of yourself,
2: huh? You know. He's right. That's not an answer. What kind of a man are you? You have sat here and voted guilty with everyone else because there are some baseball tickets burning a hole in your pocket. And now you have changed your vote because you say you're sick of all the talking here?
0: Now, listen, buddy. Who
2: tells you that you have the right to play like this with a man's life? Don't you care? Now,
0: wait a minute. You can't talk like that to me.
2: I can talk like that to you. If you want to vote not guilty, then do it because you are convinced the man is not guilty and not because you've had enough. And if you think he is guilty, then vote that way. Or don't you have the
3: guts to do what you think is right?
1: Fair point. Yeah. Absolutely fair point. They take another vote. This time was a show of hands. Yep, pretty and we're solid. Down to three <laughs> guilty, nine yeah. not guilty. I mean, it's, it's moved very quickly at this point, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But one of the jurors who's kind of been chipping away in the background about sort of the, you know, where the kid comes from, he's sort of these sort of people, he sort of goes off uh, on a little bit of a rant.
3: You saw this kid just like I did. You're not going to tell me you believe that phony story about losing the knife and that business about being at the movies. Look, you know how these people lie? It's born in them. I mean, what the heck? I don't have to tell you. They don't know what the truth is. And let me tell you. They don't need any real big reason to kill someone either. No, sir. They get drunk. Oh, they're real big drinkers, all of them. You know that. And bang, someone's lying in the gutter.
1: So yeah, a little bit mm. of a racist rant there. Yeah, pretty solid. But did you notice what happens here in the in the in the room? He's he's giving this tirade, right? This rant. Yeah. And you notice again, my hundredth watch. Everyone moves away from him. They all get up yeah. off the table and move into the corner, so it they're separating a, themselves from him. It's a physical, dist- physical distance. They're literally the, distancing themselves it's from not him. Not
4: just about their vote. Yeah. yeah,
1: and then he eventually comes to the table in the corner and he, he starts. Uh, he he shuts up. But um, the juror um, eight pipes up because look, it's, it's very hard to sort of keep personal prejudices out of it. You know, no one really knows. And then he mentions the fact you know reasonable doubt, but the talk. Then switches to the woman yeah. who saw the murder. Apparently, she had her bed next to the window. This is the woman who yeah. saw it through the L, through train, the L as well. train yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, she turned to the window, and he that she claims she saw the murder through the last two trains of the L train, carriages, yeah. to track of the, the carriages of the L train. Um, then one of the other jurors, are, the juror who doesn't sweat, so juror number four, four, I think it was, he takes off his glasses and starts rubbing his nose, which is something the old man picks up on.
3: Now, why were you rubbing your nose like that? Well, if it's any of your business, I was rubbing it because it bothers me a little. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it, is it because of your eyeglasses? It is. Now couldn't get on to something else. Your eyeglasses made those two deep impressions in the size of your nose. I hadn't noticed that before. That must be annoying. <laughs> it is very annoying. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't know about that. I've never worn eyeglasses. 2020. Listen, will you come on already with the optometrist bit? The woman who testified that she saw the killing had those same marks on the sides of her nose. Holy smokes, you know he's right. Just give me a minute. Now be finished. I don't know if anyone else noticed that about her. I didn't think of it then, but I've been going over her face. In my mind,
1: she had those same marks. She kept rubbing them in court. He's right. Now she did do that a lot. And so they established the fact that could anything else but eyeglasses create those impressions? And, yeah. and juror number four says, no, no, nothing else. And,
4: and the great thing about this bit is I, I thought about it. I thought, jeez, mate, you really you noticed that? But then you realise in court, she would have been most likely on the witness stand for an hour, maybe many hours. Mm. Um And it is you would kind of notice those things about people. Like you notice
1: weird things about people straight up, but detailed things like that you would notice. Well, the foreman said, he goes, I noticed him too. I was sitting closest to her. So he he noticed it too. And the old man then, like the old man who's sort of the wise head, the wise one of the group, remember he identified the old man as being someone who wanted to be someone he's not. He also identified this woman as trying to look younger than she is and all of that. So um, he he gets through to there as well. then they say, look, you know, what What about all the other stuff, you know? That you can throw out the other evidence. At this uh, point, at this point, yeah. they're down to 111, aren't they? They are. They Jura tra- 3 is the only one voting not guilty. And he's saying, look, what about all the other arguments? The old man heard it. The knife, the the, the woman saw him. Knife falling out of his pockets. He can't prove it. No. And so he said, look, yeah, everything's twisted. You, you can, you know, you've got the facts. The, he, you know, here are all the facts. But everyone, everyone was staring at him and he... Come up with this.
0: Well, say something. You lousy bunch of bleeding hearts. You're not going to intimidate me. I'm entitled to my opinion. Rotten kids, you work your life out
1: so he's tearing up the photo of his son no.
0: not guilty Boom. not guilty
1: so that, that really, like, and, and it's evidence, remember from that bit at the beginning where his son, who wanted to make a man out of here. Yep. And so he obviously had this thing about, he, he was picturing himself in that thing. He was, he's putting himself in the father's shoes. Yep. The son murders him. He felt for the old man thinking, I've been treated like crap myself. Yep. So he was thinking, this is my chance to get even. This is my chance. And the other guy who was racist, he was thinking, oh he's a, he's a, you know, he's, he's a foreigner, you know what they're like. Yep. So they all, all their prejudices, all their, their prejudices, th- was, was exposed, and
4: their consciences catch up with them. Exactly right. Essentially, this yeah. bike. It was point three.
1: They were sort of they had, a, they had the sort of the mirror pointed at them. They were sort of saw what they were like.
4: Like, just take number three on his own. Yeah, because of his life and his experience with his son, he's like, I don't care. This bike did it. Sent him to the chair. Done. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah, and it takes him to be, as you say, turn the mirror on his own life for him to realize that, you know yeah. what.
1: Any any level of doubt, any any issue here. There's no way this guy should yeah. be killed. I love this. The the, the like yeah. The, the, the juror number three had was broke. Had broken down. Was crying. And they're all. I think the foreman goes to the door and says, oh, we're ready now." They all start grabbing their coats. Yeah. And I loved how juror number eight, Henry Fonda, goes to the coat rack, brings out juror number three's coat, puts it on him, and says, uh, "You know, helps him up and." yeah no hard feelings sort of thing and yeah that was, that was a nice little yeah, end it's to a it. Nice touch. and i liked the fact too did you notice that you noticed that Jura number 8 was wearing white he was the yeah. only one in white so he kind of stood out from the crowd he was sort of he was dressed to look different to everyone else everyone else Which in had a black like and white movies is a very yeah, difficult
4: thing to do right exactly
1: so but everyone else had sort of darker clothes so he was yeah. meant to stand out as the white like he's whether that's sort of he's the, the, white the white knight sort of mm-hmm. literally the white knight um, I love the uh, the end scene where he sees his old man, the old man outside, and uh, he and says, "Hey, hey, this hey you." Is where you find someone's yes. name. Yes, he goes, "Oh, what's your name?" And he says, um, "Davis." And then the old man says, oh, "My name's McCarrdell." And then he goes, "Okay, see ya." And yeah, it's they, not. It's not like they <laughs> they know each other's not gonna surname. The race. chances of
4: finding each other ever again are pretty slim. So,
1: so, so yeah, it's they weird. Uh, they walk away. The rain stopped, and uh, I love it. the credits at the end, which shows you each actor in their yes. name. It's yes. really good. Yeah, I love that. Uh, they do that in a few other movies. This one in particular, they do a very good job. Um, Did you catch a line? A lot of good lines in this one, mate. Um, the, the, the lot of snappy dialogue here. And uh, it starts with, remember, remember the Hungarian dude talking to yep. sort of the racist dude? Well,
3: I suppose somebody has to start it off again. I beg pardon. I beg pardon. What are you so polite about? For the same reason you're
2: not. <laughs> it's the way it was brought up. Such a great line. <laughs> like, that's one I
4: Like, you know how you, yeah. you've got famous movie quotes, just in, quotes yep. just in your mind? That's one I want.
1: That's a I want that in my memory. Similar, ex- another exchange from those two characters as well. Here we go have.
3: I don't think so. He's much too bright for that. Bright? He's a common ignorant slob. He don't even speak good English. He doesn't.
1: <laughs> <be> <laughs> <laughs> so, again, the that idea. thick accent, yeah. correcting someone on their English <laughs> is brilliant. I love, too, the fact that the, the guy who was, I think, juror number, no, number six was yeah. the working man, the painter. Yeah. And uh, he gets up and, and defends the old man.
0: Why should he lie? What's he got to gain? Attention, maybe. You keep coming in with these bright sayings. Why
3: don't you send them into a paper? They pay $3 a piece. <laughs> What are you talking to him like that for? guy talks like that to an old man really ought to get stepped on, you know? You ought to have more respect, mister. If you say stuff like that to him again, I'm going to lay you out.
1: <laughs> so he basically said, mate, you do that again, I'm going to, I'm to knock you him. out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. It's, it's an, it's an a turn of phrase, isn't it? Absolutely. Lay, lay you, you out. out. Lay yeah. you out. That's it. But I love this, this little line at the end of the races. Remember the dude who... The only person not to get up from the table was Dura Number Four with the glasses. Right. Everyone else literally distanced themselves from him. But at the end of his rant, we hear Dura Number Four say this: "These
2: people are dangerous.
3: They're wild. Listen, to me. listen. To me. I have now. Sit down and don't open your mouth again." <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically,
1: mate, shut up. Don't speak ever again. Now let's talk about plot holes. I think the biggest one is. I reckon the the knife. The knife is pretty unique. And that would have been, even though he can buy the same knife, it would have been an incredible coincidence to have the same knife that the kid owned used to murder his dad. And
4: as you kind of hinted earlier, it's there's a hole yeah. in how he's allowed to be wandering yeah, around well, the...
1: One, essentially wandering the crime scene, the area. Exactly right. So Henry Fonda's character visited the crime scene Bought a weapon identical to the murder weapon. Today, this would yeah. be a mistrial. And brought it to the jury room. This would so, be a mistrial. As a juror, you can only base your verdict on the facts of the case, not not the so evidence not, you bring into the jury room. Not doing your own room. investigation. Yeah. So that was that's probably the biggest plot hole. But I think critically, yep,
4: it doesn't change the outcome. I think there's enough yeah. other doubt cast or on other th- pieces of evidence, like the, the old, old man, the yeah. lady the did, lady the road, did hear the, the yeah, L train. Yeah. Absolutely right. There's enough other things. Yep. Yeah. That mean that oh, I think so. I think you, you're right. You still get a guilty verdict. Things you not might guilty. not
1: know: uh, the director had all the actors stay in the same room for hours at a time during rehearsals to make them, without filming them, just to make them get a real get a sense of what it's going to be like to be cooped up with them in the yeah, same right. room. So okay. before they filmed it, uh, all but three minutes of the movie were shot inside the one room. So the yeah, the, the, the o- jury opening, room opening yeah. scene and yeah, the last the scene. little bathroom scene as well. The last of a couple of minutes yeah. and the very last scene on the steps. Um, the Reginald Rose's television play script that he originally did as yep. the live production was left virtually intact for the feature film. That's got to be They rare. hardly changed it. The other thing too, um, the many of the shots of the actors, they, you'll notice. Remember, there was raining. So what? What they did. Many of the shots of them speaking were filmed by themselves. So they had to do the one shot and had to add the rain, the required rain sound in the background oh, as well. Okay. So they had to get that right. So the, the continuity was, okay, so during this scene, the rain's outside, so we need to add the rain noise for you as well. So it would have been quite a complex little um, little uh, production there. Now, only two of the jurors are ever ad- identified by name. We, we knew the ju- juror yep. number eight was Mr. Davis, Juror number nine, the old man, was Mister Mcardle, Um, but the others are identified by their professions. That's right. So juror number one, he was he. he, I think he was a high school football coach. Juror number two, remember he said I had an argument with a bloke in the bank, so he was a bank teller. Juror number three had a messenger service. Remember beck and call messenger service he mentions. Juror number four was a stockbroker. So the guy with the glasses didn't sweat. Yep. Uh, juror number five, we don't know uh, the guy that lived in the slum. Jura number six, he, he was remember he mentioned he was a painter. He just painted an apartment. Uh, juror number seven, we, we, he called himself a salesman. Juror number eight, we know that he said in the in the bathroom he was an architect. Juror number ten was called a ga- garage owner. Jura number eleven, the Hungarian sounding dude was a watchmaker. Maybe he was saying, oh, the finest yeah. watches are made in your part of the world." And juror number 12 was the advertising exec. Right. So we did uh, we did give that up as well. Uh, the cast includes three Oscar winners, Henry Fonda, Martin Balsam, Ed Begley. And uh, there were Oscar winners and two other Oscar nominees, which were Jack Warden, the, the baseball dude, and Lee J. Cobb, who was the last one to plead uh, to change to his change vote to, to yeah. guilty. Uh, not guilty. Uh, did you notice as well, now throughout the movie, and this is multiple watches, you'll pick this up, Right. When they come into the jury room, it's like a shot from an overhead perspective, and throughout the movie, progressively through the movie, the angle gets lower. So towards the end, it's the it, the, the shots become tighter, and and the camera gets lower right. in the in the courtroom. You watch it again, you'll notice. I don't know whether what, why they would do that. He, uh, they said the he said the final shot of director Sidney Lumet said the final shot was the widest lens they had in the movie, and uh, but he wanted to do, sort of emphasise the sense of you know they're freed from the jury room. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But at the beginning of the movie, so it was eye level, and so then he went wide angle. And so it also gave sort of greater distance between people in the yeah. room. But as the film progressed, it slips down eventually to eye level. Yeah. But by the end of the movie, nearly all of it is shot below eye level and in close-up. So it was trying to increase that sense of claustrophobia during the movie. Wow. Multiple watches. That's a great... Uh, that's a great... Yeah. It's a like a technique. technique. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. Uh, Dura number seven. Now, this this is the did you notice section. Dura yep. number seven said he had tickets to the Yankees v Twins game. Right, but the Minnesota Twins didn't exist until 1961. So at, in 1957, they were the Washington Senators. Did you? Hear he called them the Minnesota Twins. He said the Twins. You got to get so they're playing the Twins. Dura number 4, if you have a close look at this again, and again, multiple watchers will point this out. Yeah. Remember when he stabbed, during number 4, the guy with the glasses stabs the knife into the table? Yes. If you have a close look, if you pause it on the table, <laughs> there's heaps of uh, jab marks on the wood. So they've obviously, <laughs> drew, they have, he's had to do that several times. So uh, obviously from previous takes. Ah. That brings us to the end, mate. Wrap up, what is your wrap up and what is your rating it's, for look, 12 Angry Men?
4: It's a 7 out of 10 for me. I say Solid. that not because it's not a good movie, but Solid. because like it just doesn't strike me as big as the eights and the nines we've watched. Absolutely enjoyed it. I definitely want to watch it with my kids. Yeah, probably Jacko will enjoy the the, yep. the theater of it. Um, yeah, I I think I think this is one. Honestly, of all the movies you've recommended, this is probably the one that is most in that sleeper category. Yeah. I think less people would have heard of this, and therefore it's the most likely to surprise people. Yeah. And I think that's what's most
1: fascinating about Could you about understand it. now why it's been used as a training film? Yes, totally. You know, how to sort yeah, of, yeah. You know, Conflict resolution and yeah. working as a team. You know, the whole the whole idea yeah. of
4: going radio, we've got one dissenting voice. You know, in some uh, businesses, that'd be like, all right, fine, but we've the majority rules. Yeah. It's like, hang on a minute. There's a, this is a really good example in 97 minutes of why you maybe should
1: hear each other out. Yeah. But also, too, it's a great character study I reckon too so really pe- pe- people's true feelings exposed like yeah. the, the yeah you know, the racist and the you know the 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 prejudice against uh you know the the where where they live and all these sorts of things yeah, I yeah. Think there's it was, so uh, much made obvious like there's there's a there's a cl- there's a bit of a class thing here and also yeah.
4: I think there's the obvious thing about you know it also shows a picture of the time you know um, the the smoking in the room yeah, yeah. Uh, no women. Yep. On, on the jury, which yep. I assume was just a, a thing back then. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it does uh, show exactly how right. far Good we've reflection. come and changed. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I think, Howard, if you had to remake this movie today, you'd obviously have... And I think in the 97 remake, they had the the judge was a woman. I don't think they had any men... Well, it's called 12 Angry Men. Yeah, can't be. So really. They didn't have any men, any women on it the jury. It would be... I
4: mean, yeah. we're... 12 Angry
1: Persons. Let's not get How's into that? the,
4: <laughs> you know, woke world and cancel yeah, culture. But yeah. I don't think remaking a movie like this, 12 Angry Jurors...
1: Because that's what you could call it. Yeah.
4: Twelve Angry yeah. Jurors would be a good title, but it just it defeats the yeah. the spirit of. I what think it was. I have
1: seen it as a stage play, and there have been some women in on the cast, but yeah. they they kept the title because it's recognized. You want to get it, yeah? yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I think uh, one of, like you said, it's one of those sleepers that once you think, well, God, where's this movie been yeah. all my life? Why didn't I catch this before? Well, now you have, we've covered it right here. Now let's cast our mind to next week. I don't need to give you a quiz question for oh, this really? one because you know this movie. You've seen this movie. Oh, We're gonna okay. have to change the name of the podcast for next week. We are talking <laughs> next week about the Shawshank Redemption, one of my two top two greatest movies are. of all time,
4: and I don't know why that is, other than I've yeah. seen it a few times. Um,
1: yeah, and, and I, his, I've still his, seen it more than you. <laughs> oh, no doubt. But let me
4: be very clear, and I think this is an important thing for anyone new new listeners. I've got a crap memory, um, so I know things about this movie, but I will still. Be moved by them. I know it's emotional a bit. Um, yeah. I'll
1: I'm gonna, still be I'm gonna moved gonna surprise by every you, single time. I'm going to surprise you with a few facts next week. Don't worry. There's still a few things I got up my sleeve that, you, even though you know the movie, yeah, and you've you've seen it a number of times. I, I'm going to. I've got a few things up my sleeve.
4: I, let's let's find out right now. Shawshank Redemption. I'm just speaking to my fetch box. Let's find out where and how I'm going to watch it. So it shows us. So it's got a, a 91% Rotten Tomato good. rating, and I yeah. think the 98 is the um, like the critic, uh, sorry, yeah. the the people writing. So we can watch it on Stan. Yep. we can we can buy it or rent it on um uh, Amazon Prime, or I can choose it in the movie ah, store. There it is in the movie to store. Rent or wow. buy
1: on Fetch. So yeah, um, and it looks great. great. You're showing us on your 85 inch high sense TV. TV. How good? Looks Brilliant. amazing. Bring it on I can't wait. Well this let's get let's just do it now. <laughs> next week be sure to join us the Shawshank Redemption another big thanks to our sponsors Fetch and High Sense Trev we'll see you in the movies next week. Can't wait.